0: in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I didn't mean to get on my soapbox and go on a tangent about football, but there we went. Because I wanted to talk about the NFL and making bad rules, and all of a sudden it turned into a great big thing. Sorry about that. No,
2: that's okay. Is it okay to go to a WNBA game and brag about it? What if you're a big-time comedian? And... What's his routine gonna be? Sam Morell, when he comes to
1: Cleveland. And can t- I help him out? And tell him pregnant people to move. It's coming up in the Emerging Podcast scene brought to you by Extend Technologies. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure he's the one not dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Who's probably not going to play tonight? We're brought to you by Extend. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies in, in, in Broadview Heights. Who's probably not going to play tonight? Uh, Trevor
2: Lawrence. Why? Needs to get worked out to determine whether or not he can play versus the Saints with that knee sprain. It could easily be a game-time decision. If Lawrence cannot go, C.J. Bethard would get the start. And I'm telling you, um, last year, I we made a big deal of it. I made a big a, deal a, of
1: it. Oh, boy, this ain't good.
2: So I made a big deal of this last year about the – I asked whether, and I didn't know, was it a coincidence that the league goes to 17 games and we see 65, 66 quarterbacks? And we don't keep track of wide receivers. We don't keep track of how many tight ends play in the league. We certainly don't keep track – of how many offensive linemen. But the the one number you'd be concerned about would be quarterbacks. Are there too many games for quarterbacks? Their health situation and how reluctant are organizations going to be to play quarterbacks if they are 75%. Because they always can feel they'll get right back in the mix wildcard wise. If I'm a... And this is obviously directly, directly related to what we talked about today with Deshaun Watson. Is it a little different with one more game? Do you think one more game can make that much of a difference in, quote, load management? And it wouldn't be load management. I mean, Deshaun Watson is injured. Trevor Lawrence apparently is injured. But could he play? Probably. Could Deshaun Watson play this week? I don't know. I mean, none of us have seen him throw. Yeah. But the thought has been that I'm sure he could throw a little bit. So can he play at 75%? Would you even want your quarterback to play at 75%? And if it's not 16 games, now it's 17 games. And what's it going to be in five years? Probably 18 games. Yeah. Because that'll bring in a whole bunch more money for the NFL. Will fans care, though? I mean, how much smaller will the rating be tonight? Thursday night football. Who has the game tonight? Is it Amazon every it's Thursday? Always it's always Prime. It's no. always Prime. Which one is the one I'm confusing? I, to
1: t- I think the channel situation is just called Prime. I don't think it's called Amazon Prime anymore. Okay. Uh, you get it through Amazon, I, but I think it's just you called Prime. Have a Fire
3: Stick. So I have a Fire Stick on one TV, and I have a Fire TV, and both of them just when fire, you Fire Fire when fire. you start up the Fire Stick or when you turn on the Fire TV, it's just there. Okay. It's the first thing that happens. It's just Prime. It's not – sure, it's prime. I don't know. It's just football is happening. Thursday night, there's football happening whenever you
1: activate that. I go another way. Uh, Did you see how few points are being scored? I did, yes. And they're doing that – college football is the same way. Few points are being scored in college football. Fewer points are being scored in the NFL. And so people are attributing that to lack of preseason reps – Uh, the, the, I told you the college football, Danny Cannell, which I played for the, the conversation we were having about Deshaun Watson yesterday about the transfer portal and not enough time within an offense. We got to get some, we got to get some offense going here, boys, or I think the NFL is going to come with some bad ideas. I don't trust the NFL to, to, I, I, I think they might look and go, why are our quarterbacks out? And I think they're going to start changing rules again. So they, And I think right now we're almost at a perfect spot where...
2: What could they do to protect quarterbacks further than they I,
1: already do? I don't know, but I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I just think a terrible idea is because they're not going to want quarterbacks out. They they know they're the stars. And again, I don't think that the shield is... Or I don't think any one player is above the shield, but a bunch of players. I mean, that is your product. And you don't want to give up one rating point for anything. And that, because that's that's what Roger Goodell, his entire career is based on television ratings, television agreements, rights agreements. That's what his entire career has been based on. I know he tried to be the disciplinarian, that didn't really work for him. So his legacy is based on this. And I, I, you've seen the rules change to the point where I, I was, who was I watching? I was watching some highlights. It wasn't Atwater, but there was some, there was some highlight. I forget who it was where they were just laying people out one after another. And I, my whole thing, I was thinking, these are all penalties now. And it's gotten to the point where I've watched this style of football long enough where those hits actually make me cringe. Like, it's working. The the league where we called it the wussification of America, the wussification of football, it's working. So I cringe now been, at some of the old highlights I see.
2: Been, you hear so much about desensitized we're sensitized yeah we we have added sensitivity to it let's go look at that call at the end of the 49ers the the, the game that led to the drive continuing on third and 10 the hit the pass interference call. that ended up yeah. becoming unnecessary roughness yeah i mean do football fans really want that called
1: no in in the in the grand scheme no but I, I think that they've we've gotten to the point where we expect it to be Colton. We expect it to be, be placed. Yes. And, and, I you know, I am one of the people that do moan and groan because I think some of the – like, I do not believe somebody should be removed from a game because of targeting. I don't believe that is. But the, in their eyes, they are teaching the, the tackler a lesson, the whole halo rule and things like that. I don't like that. I don't care for it. Um. But I understand the reason behind it. They really don't want to get sued later on but in, in, in any class action settlement or anything like that. They don't want anything like that to happen. But I, I think it's actually worked where now I, I look at some of the old highlights of people you know, laying some guys out. I'm going, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I cringe at some of them. And, and I think that's working, but I don't want it to go any further. I think that the league, with well, the way it is now, the hits the way that they are now, like, I, I do believe, like, the protective padding thing, it was crazy. Axel, and I hate to always bring it back to the kids here. There was a kid uh, from one of the teams we were playing against in the early part of the season, and Axel's like, what's that thing on his head? And I immediately go, you guys will all be wearing that in games by the time you get to high school. Guarantee it. Um, just because it, it's proven, it's being proven now to reduce concussions. So I am seeing it. We play in a
3: tackle league, but there is flag games that go on At the same time, at the same places, and there's a few cities that have paid for all of the boys to have those things on the flag football team, as young as like third grade. They're all wearing that stuff now. I know we have it. I believe our high school has it for the linemen right now
1: Um, during practice. Well, in and I think that I mean it's hard probably to afford. I don't know how much those things are. Yeah, Um, it's not cheap. But I imagine, like, I know they're not aesthetically pleasing, but I think at some point they're going to make but them. But they've
3: also, if you look at, like, I believe it's Rydell who's come out with, they put weight, they put weights in helmets. They got the weight dispersed differently now in the newer models of helmets Yeah, so that it reduces the effect of your head snapping on a big hit. Now, it doesn't stop anything, you know, you can't ever stop that. You never know what's going to happen, but in collisions especially the ones where you're standing up and getting your head snapped back it's a little different
1: i wondered if the if the padding on the back of the helmet could change like not you met, was it yeah that's stuff? what it, that's yeah, what okay, i'm okay that's about, what yeah. okay
3: the the weight is okay yeah, i get so that it's, so it's it's like the distribution of where they put the padding so my son has a helmet that um one my 6th grader has the same style of helmet that they've been wearing in town for eight years. My younger son has a Zenith that is totally different inside. The padding's totally different. The chin strap is hooked up to the padding in the back of his head so that when his head jostles, the whole shell moves in a different way than the other one. It's bigger than he was wearing a size medium helmet. At the beginning of the year, we actually got this helmet a couple weeks into the season and it's a large, and it is bigger, and you can tell it's bigger. But you know, we were fortunate enough to have that donated. We got twenty five for the whole city. It's, I mean, they're not cheap. Yeah, you know? they
1: can't be. I, uh, I, I just think that over time, there's going to be some way to make it somewhat aesthetically pleasing, but that's just going to be the way. I think we're going to have a situation where it's going to be kind of like a bunch of toads running around. Oh,
3: and look at George Kittle! Did you notice George Kittle's helmet last week? It is yeah, weird. it's very big like and this like the front v yeah, on the front? yeah,
1: and and anything that makes it safer because you know I was going to do a different I was gonna, one of these days we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it because it's hard enough to talk him into playing for playing football when moms still sit down and they watch the news or they look at Facebook and they still see all the things about concussions and things like that and so I'm trying to get kids to play football our numbers are lower than they've ever been and. It's still America's game. It's a sport that America craves the most of. They love football, and I can't see that changing really anytime soon. I know the younger generation likes basketball more, probably because they're playing it more than they used to. Uh, but the NFL is still king, and I do want to – like you have to be able to have a feeder system for that, and so you can't be scaring moms out of playing football. I mean,
2: my wife has already said there's zero chance. Now, we'll see what happens when we get closer to that. There's years never going to be now. an Enzo the QB. Says absolutely oh, not, no chance. And her TikTok, for whatever reason, because that's what I yes, mean. I can't tell you everything. how to raise your kids, so yes. I'm not going to keep TikTok myself. Her TikTok just feeds her videos of distressed parents and and vicious hit, hits with kids and kids in the hospital. I mean, for, for some reason, she clicked on you can't one video. That algorithm, Sarah. That's the problem. I get none of that. She clicked on one video, and that's all she is getting is how dangerous football is. So imagine if that's all you're seeing every day, you're going to be more inclined to never even think that football is in the possibilities, especially when everybody's kids are starting out with soccer, right? I mean, still, still soccer is one of the things every kid is get, you get to get them out of the house. They just get to run. Hey, go run. And if you have any hand-eye coordination, we're really just foot coordination at all. You can just go chase a soccer ball around. What parent isn't loving that? I'm trying to think of in my
3: town right now. What is the, what is the first four? I think it's still t-ball. I think t-ball is still the first thing. But it, the first thing they flip off of now is t-ball, and they go to soccer, or they go to you know, soccer's easier because it's played in the fall and the spring here. It's it's a two season thing. And
2: what organization does it take to throw a bunch of kids well, on a field with one on soccer the, ball?
3: On the younger at the younger level, it's like a four on four thing. But, um, so you really just, you don't need coaches. You don't need referees. You know, it's a parent that's kind of corralling, you know, 10 kids
2: to run around for an hour. And don't together. they put out those mini soccer nets? Yeah, some places do, yeah. So you don't even need, you could you could have 100 kids on a normal soccer field at the same time having their little yeah, games. Yeah,
3: well, at ours, it's like, it's at the middle school, and they're literally, those fields are probably, like, quartered not even. Oh, not even. Okay. Not even. They're <laughs> so, small. I mean, it's a big it's a big open area, but they got like 16 fields on that.
2: Thing. And the kids look like they're having fun. Yeah. Like they all look like they're having fun right. And, then, you know, like anything at that age you're going to get bored. I mean, my god, can you, do you remember how bored But it's even with T-ball. Any any kids sport were in the field? Any sport you have to make the
3: season shorter when you're that young and it's it's a it's a thing I learned last year. I took over our wrestling program in town and we used to have the kindergartners going for like 5 months and the parents loved it cuz it was like 175 bucks and you got a babysitting an hour of daycare, you know, <laughs> yeah. 3 nights a week. And then we didn't feed your child to the wolves after that. But now it's we've shortened it to it's a 6 week thing now because kids did get tired of coming after a while and parents got tired of driving there after a while. Make those seasons shorter and it and it works out for them that way, but I it is. It is getting harder to get um, families into football, and not I mean just yeah, not yeah. Just outside of like, I asked him a million or, you know, times. Like I don't want Kirkland, him to
2: Kirkland, Chardon. Like there are right. this, the places where like, football's well, not. Well, we talk about ours.
3: I don't think Avon Lake and Streetsboro are that different um, in the amount of people that live in the town, right? And in, in the amount of kids that live in the town. But I've got five third and fourth grade teams, f- four fourth and uh, fifth and sixth grade teams. Ken's got one
1: third and fourth grade. Yeah. Team. And we got, I mean, on our team, we had four fourth graders. I had
2: 75 boys come out. Well, yeah, what are they doing instead in Streetsboro? What is the alternative?
1: Oh, there's, I mean, I really don't want to get into the discussion, but you know, you get parents who are nervous and you get parents who don't trust other parents. Uh, they, they experience the flag situation and, you know, it, There might have been a situation where one parent was a little bit overzealous and the other ones don't want to deal with that. And so part of me, you know, I'm I'm coaching up Axel and I'm coaching up these guys and I'm also trying – I I told Owen, I said, we had a couple of families show up to the last game of the season watching. And I start going over during the game I start recruiting the parents.
3: Oh yeah, that's all. You that's know, what I, it's all about. I'm, I'm Ken. I'm. I'm yeah. I draft kids off of it if I like their parents. Yeah, no, I don't I, even care about the kids. I just
1: really. want them to come out. I go. I go. See, this ain't that bad. I go. You know me, and I answer to everybody, and I'm everybody's buddy, and and I'm taking care of them as best I can to make sure that yeah, they're playing football and they're not just powder puffing around here, but they're also. They're also protected. Like, this is not some crazy – this is not the montage from the program. And what pisses me off the most, and I'm going to say that like that and get angry about it, is that what you find out is there is a difference between guys who are just acting like a coach and actually coaching. There's a difference between coaching and yelling. And, part, you know, I had to learn that myself. I had to learn that myself because we just do not realize – How easy it is to run people off with the other alternatives that they had. In Perry, when I was growing up, it was football and baseball and wrestling and basketball. And the only choice you had in winter was basketball or wrestling. That was it. The only thing you had to do in the fall was play football. There was no soccer when I was a kid at Perry local schools. Now, obviously, there was when I was in high school. But when I was a kid, you only did one thing. You played football or you didn't play football. That was it. So a lot of kids played football. And in the springtime, you play baseball. There was no youth cross country, there was nothing else, like there was softball, that was it. That was all. And so football didn't have to compete for kids with anything. Now, you know, I got to convince mom that that junior's going to be taken care of. I mean, we have that, a we have a youth rugby
3: league on the west side of town that happens in the fall. Rugby? Yeah. And it, that it, And there are kids that that. the and you're, rules the same? Well, you are seeing a yeah, lot it's of called places. Like, I don't know a ton about
1: it. It's seven on seven. See, the, like and that. that's one of the things where a lot of the schools are trying to embrace rugby, and I'm going, man, another sport. And they go, no, 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 no. The rugby's in the spring at it the high is. school level. So if you get them to play the rugby in the spring, it's like but football. it's the
3: same as they're doing right now. They're doing fall, like fall ball, fall baseball. They're yeah. doing, they're starting that. Yeah. And that's how you know it's kind of. Taking and I told
1: bit, I told right? you, man. I got I'm going to have an awkward situation at some point here because I know a couple of people who are baseball people, and they openly try to talk kids out of playing football. And I'm yeah. going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like like when they're when they're coaching kids, and I'm going, oh, you're talking them out of football here, but. Are they going on to play they for the should be
3: competing sports
1: though. Uh, why are they are they going on to play for the Tampa Bay Rays? So you're telling a kid to not play football cuz he's not going to play for the Kansas City Chiefs, but you're telling him to play baseball cuz he's going to what? Play for the Royals someday? Is that true? Okay, so what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to do? Cuz if he, if he's a really good high school baseball player and he's a really good high school football player and he still ends up working at Ernst & Young, what's the difference? Really, what's the difference? And I don't think that people realize that, and that's that's what starts to get. I didn't really want to go down this road, but here we were. Because I'm, I am, man. I'm, I'm hitting the pay. I, I told him before. I go. I will sit in anybody's kitchen in the borough with their mom and dad and Dude, drink coffee and the, tell and talk you, to them. I will. I'll, you're I'll do Doing it.
2: the Nick Saving.
1: I'll do it. I'll, I'll recruit. I don't care. Now, you know, I'm trying to get mom and dad involved, and and I want, I want mom and dad to definitely trust me, that, yeah, injuries can happen. It's football. But if it happens, it's going to be incidental. It's not be, going to be because cause I put their kid in, the, in a wrong spot. You know, I'm not going to do that. So it's not like a kid the size of Axel is going to be playing nose guard. That ain't happening. No. <laughs> well, you got to have the numbers.
2: If you don't have the numbers, then it's not going to be fun for your kids. It ain't going
1: to be fun for anybody. It's going to be terrible. Then that's why and we need numbers. Then they're
2: going to get worse at football because, I mean, you you, uh, you can imagine why certain – Communities absolutely flourish, right? Yeah. They flourish. Because, is it flourish or flourish? Either way you want to do it. They 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 see how many kids, how competitive it is to keep that spot as well, to be able to get playing time, and you're actually getting real reps and everything. And if you don't have numbers and the community is down on it and there's no support and then there's no resources, and then that's the beginning of the end in a community. And yep. that sucks because you need yep. all that stuff.
1: Yep. You need everything. And I think we're getting to a point now in high school football in Ohio where we have that we more than ever now have the haves and have nots and a town needs to be dedicated to be a have and there's plenty of places where you know i I look at a place like Kirtland, I look at Avon and Avon lake I look at Olmstead Falls, and I want to be like that I, I do I, I you know right now we have a really good high school football program going on right now and and I think that magador is well down there, but I mean those have been historically you know
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Really strong football towns. I, I think that now the, the gap between those towns and the other ones is going to become even bigger. And so to, to have that, you have to have football still our biggest thing in Ohio, and you have to have a, a community that's dedicated to it and knows that their kids now more than ever are taken care of. And so we got you know, it's going to have to work together. There's going to have to be a dedication to it. That's all I'm saying on it. Because, you know, the used to be, you know, you have a couple of seasons, that's it, and you, you turn it in, but I think it's different now, man. I think it's different. Are so, we're waiting on, uh,
2: who are we waiting well, on Well, I can here? tell you what's happened here. Sam Morell, the comedian, is late for his appearance. Great. But I can tell you why. Okay. I mean, he was at the WNBA finals elimination so game last us night. Because he was sleeping? I think it might even though his team lost, because he actually tweeted about it. Was he partying with the Aces? And I wondered. I wondered about this because I had the audacity yesterday to tweet about Caitlin Clark, the Iowa star uh-huh. who was coming to Columbus, and how the tickets were sold out. They haven't had an Ohio State... Men's basketball games sold out. Secondary market's already 200, right? It's up. Well, it was up to 120 yesterday for $19 tickets. Oh my
1: goodness. Okay, so
2: you legitimately couldn't get them. Like, I had parents who wanted to buy those tickets for their kids and they couldn't. They were shut out. and They're like, Mm. is this even responsible for me to buy $120 tickets and now I need to get three or four? Because there's four of us, and all of a sudden, going down to Columbus, we've got to get a hotel room if we want to do it up. Well, it's a noon game on a Sunday. They don't need a hotel. But so they'll go down there, they'll pay all that money. And so while I'm seeing Sam Morell at the at the game last night, the WNBA, I'm thinking, all right, so it's there's nothing wrong with going and paying money, maybe he was comped, I don't know, for WNBA tickets. So we'll ask him right now, Sam Morell who is going to be Featured at the Ohio Theater, October twenty sixth. You can go to Sam Samorrell. That's S-A-M-M-O-R-R-I-L.com for show and info, ticket. And I, I'll just, I'll just put it out there right now, Sam, a great comedian. We love him on the podcast. You and Mark Norman, and you're involved in all these different projects. So yeah. if I posted that I was at the WNBA Finals last night, my listeners would make fun of me. And I have, oh talked, really? I, absolutely. We, I would, I talked yesterday. Caitlin Clark, the girl from Iowa. Her tickets in Columbus to play Ohio State this year were sold out instantly. Yesterday, 10 a.m., secondary market, $19 tickets are like $120, $130 already. So do you not get made fun of by the people that come to your shows, the manly men that come to your shows about going to a WNBA game?
4: What's so manly about not being able to watch another sport? I don't get that. That sounds pretty lame to me. I think they're mouth breathers, you know, and they'd get their asses kicked by these players. So I mean look, the Aces and the Liberty are like this is a good a is a good age for the WNBA. It's a good time. It's like kinda I, I, I compare it to like the seventies in the NBA where things are coming alive. It's only been around for twenty years or so, the WNBA. So um or thirty, whatever. But yeah, no, it's great. Uh and and you said it. Caitlin Clark is crushing it, so I think the young people are understanding that the, there's a future in this. And no one makes fun of Rogan when he's talking about females fighting. So I, I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> they the like to, We have a weird segment of folks who like to make fun of alignment just for liking basketball in general. Men's, women's, it doesn't matter. Children's, he likes basketball. He's a basketball Wheelchair. guy. They make yeah. fun of it's, him for that. It doesn't matter. It's
4: different crowd. I'll put it this way. Like if I'm at a <laughs> Knicks game, they put me on the screen. I'll get like a little pop. At a Liberty game, I don't get a pop. They put me on the screen once. I didn't get a pop but they put like a lesbian artist I've never heard of and the room explodes. So, you know, it's just a different crowd. They put Fran Lebowitz on the screen. Holy crap. You would have thought it was Nicholson.
1: What a reference, <laughs> but I love Fran Lebowitz, So I'm sorry, Sam, but I'm going do. nuts. Yeah,
4: we all do, but I'm just saying like, that's not the pop you expect, but at a Liberty game, I mean look, it takes a little longer to get into security. I had to follow a lot of lesbian chink key, uh, keychain wallets, which took a while to take off and go through the metal detectors. But uh, other than that, uh, the game was great, except for the fact that the Liberty blew, I mean, they blew it. They blew. Brianna Stewart is a great player. she's the MVP, but she shots three for 18. You're not going to win. And uh, I actually got yelled at by your wife after the game.
1: By, By Brianna Stewart? By be- what? How? By her wife? Because, they, because the
4: Vegas Aces are celebrating. They won the championship, and I don't want to be in there. I don't want to watch them gloat and celebrate. I, I mean, they're look, they're a hell of a team. I respect them, but I don't want to be in the building. So I'm leaving. I'm trying to get out. They're not letting anyone out. I'm getting furious. Brianna Stewart's pregnant wife, I guess is like nine months pregnant, is trying oh to cut goodness. in front of me. And I, and I go, hey, we're all trying to leave, is what I said. And she screamed at me. <sighs> And I was like, uh, "Hey, guess what? Don't worry, you're not." She goes, "I'm nine months pregnant." She's getting mad. I was like, "Well, if you're anything similar to Brianna, I have a feeling you're not going to deliver tonight. So don't worry." <laughs>
2: you did not say that. <laughs> well, so here's here's what I love, Sam. We're talking to Sam Merrell, great comedian. He's coming to Cleveland October 26. Here's what I love: is that for women's sports to write to be taken seriously, the same. The same things need to happen that happen in men's sports. And did you see what happened after the game? Absolutely. That the losing team refused to talk to the media afterwards? I'm like, that, that well, happened to Cam Newton. I
4: love it. It's funny. There's some people that think you're automatically a feminist if you go to WNBA games. But there's some men who just hate women there. They're, they're just getting their anger out. They're just saying, like, you stink. You <laughs> stink. I hate you. And you're like, all right. I mean, that's, you know. There's definitely some misogynists there, for sure. What
1: the hell have we been missing as a non-WNBA city since the Rockers moved? Holy Bring the Rockers back. Oh my god! We got
2: to get the mayor involved. We need to find a, find out a way. Uh, you just did a podcast with NFL wide receiver Julian Edelman. Now he is somebody who played college football right up the road here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, when you talk Canada. to yeah Kent State, and when you talk to somebody who actually. Played in the NFL. Isn't it, isn't it so funny? Like Me and Ken, we never played. We never played any. Like He played in high school. I uh, I was wasn't good. A, I was a stat guy good. in high school. I kept stats. I got a letter. I never never actually bought the jacket. I never got the letterman's you jacket. You got a letter for you keeping get a, stats? Did you know you get a letter for that? I think I did. That's humiliating. I can't I can't. Not I think gonna I knew buy that. a varsity jacket for that. Anyway, well, when that you talk to great. somebody who actually played the sport, do they talk about any of the same stuff that we talk about? on a a daily basis, like, we're sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson and whether he's tough enough to actually play in the games again, whether his off-the-field stuff is holding him back, is getting into his psyche. And then you talk to somebody like Julian Edelman, and they're like, no, that's that's not really how the sport works at all.
4: Well, I think with athletes, you kind of have to be a little careful about trashing their peers because as a as a civilian i'm not an athlete you know i'd say i feel like it's similar when a comic will come up to me and be like this comic sucks and i'll be like well i like him better than you you know what i mean like i like that guy you don't like i know him he's a peer so uh i think you have to walk that line a little bit but occasionally edelman would trash a player on the pod and i love that occasionally he would trash a guy and i'd be like Ooh, I, I love that so no, I think on some level he's saying the same stuff that we, that we all say, but he's just much more analytical about the game. Cause I mean, you have to look at his career. He's a overachiever. He's a late pick. He's a guy who no one thought would have, they had to get rid of like two wide, uh, white wideouts before they even gave him a chance. And thank God, uh, Wes Welker, they got rid of him so he could, he could get his opportunity there. But, uh, Julian's a great guy. And i you know, he's a, he'll have a drink with you. He'll go out with you. He's just like a good hang.
2: But isn't it interesting now that guys, I don't know if you saw Dante Whitner, uh, he's out there saying that Dak Prescott sucks. Or no, what did he say? Was he the one that said Dak Prescott sucks? And then James Harrison is ripping on guys. And it's almost like now the race of the former player to become the hot take artist so they can get more run on TV, so they can get the first take show.
4: Right, no, it's a good point. Everyone's got a podcast now, so everyone is, uh, you know, kind of being groomed for that uh, after after the NFL career. I think JJ Reddick kind of was ahead of the curve on this, where he had his podcast years ago, right? So a lot of guys, you know, you see uh, Mika Parsons. A lot of guys have their podcast, and it's it is a little weird to me to just do it in season. You know what I mean? Like you get, you're done with the game, and then you're like, "I'm gonna just, I'm gonna talk." It, it's something weird about yeah, it. Yeah, Draymond Green. Especially, Draymond Green tried to do this. He was doing exactly, a game and I feel in like,
1: the finals. Sorry, Sam. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. No, it's just a little weird to do it in the playoffs. I think it's kind of like it's like a bad look cause you, especially when you're losing, you, you lose a game, and then you get on the mic. I don't know. It's just I, I, if it was my team, I'd be a little annoyed. I think.
1: We've become – it's almost like they've become more comfortable with telling the truth in front of everybody and answering for it more than we've ever – We've like Chase Claypool says what he says about the Browns. Hey, we're in Cleveland, so we remember that type of thing, Sam. Like Chase Claypool says what he says about the Browns, and then his career has just been downhill ever since. And Browns fans will go, well, that's what you get for talking trash after the Browns beat you in a playoff game. Like it's – I don't know why guys are just more comfortable than they've ever been doing it. Like usually it was always guarded. Now it's just out there in the open.
4: I think they're more comfortable because it's just flushed out more quickly. I think these headlines lived a little longer years ago, but I think now with everybody talking, the chatter only kind of sticks for about 20 minutes and then it's it's over, you know?
1: That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Go ahead, Tom. All
2: right, Sam, I heard another comedian talk recently on a podcast about how he loves that he has his fan base. I'll just tell you, it was Anthony Jeselnik. He said he loves his fan base he loves that they get his brand, that that they know exactly what they're signing up for. But he stopped going to bars because if a fan would see him at a bar, they, it starts out with, uh, oh, can I can I talk to you? And Then can I get a picture? Then they come back 15 minutes later. Now they want to recite their act to him. And then it becomes the whole night for Anthony Jezelnik. And he's like, I, I can't really, it's nothing against the fans. I, can't, I just can't really do this. It takes up the whole night. Like, there's just no way that's, that's going to work. You are blowing up. Sam, you're everywhere. When fans confront you after a show, I mean, you do shows in bars. I mean, now you're doing obviously bigger, bigger venues and everything. But when they see you, are they cool? Is there a do's and don'ts, a list of do's and don'ts that you know you're kind of annoyed by with fans, or do, are you at the level where you're like, I gotta, I gotta love all my fans?
4: Uh, well, first off, in regard to Anthony, there were just some jokes I thought he should hear of mine. I wanted to impress him, <laughs> and. Uh, no, I I know what Anthony's talking about, but I still go to bars. I mean, I was at a bar last night. I I like I like bars, and I, I don't know if he's going to a bar alone. Uh, that's the only way. Maybe he's like likes a cocktail alone every once in a while. Because I'm with friends. People, you can be like, hey, I'm with friends. You know, I, I don't I don't know, but uh, no, I think I think my the people who like me are usually pretty cool. They're usually. Uh, they kind of know how to act because Mark Norman and I on our podcast talk about peeves all the time and what bothers us. So I think people are sometimes on eggshells, like not try not to annoy me because they know I'm irritable. So I, I, am pretty fortunate. I think
1: what's the weirdest thing a guy's ever said to you in a bar.
4: Oh man. That's uh, the weirdest thing a guy's ever said to me. Um, geez, I don't know. We're, I don't know, man. I, I. It's not bad, usually. It's usually... Uh, like, we have a drinking podcast, so I, usually people are happy we're there. Usually, uh, we get uh, bar- bartenders are like my audience, you know?
1: But Lima had a guy try to find him in the bathroom at a Cavs game right in front of me once. It was very yeah. awkward. <laughs> yeah, well,
4: yeah, I remember... Jeez, uh, I remember at once in a bar, a couple of times, I had to separated a guy from Jim Jeffries, a comedian. <laughs> uh, Jim, I walked into a bar and Jim Jeffries, it was in Milwaukee, it was like probably 10 years ago, and Jim's been a friend of mine forever, and I, he said, oh, come meet me at this bar, and when I walked in, uh, a guy was getting held back by a ton of people, and Jim was just hammered, going, you can't get to me, my fans are too strong. <laughs> and, uh, so, that was a good... I mean, I've seen him just – he's invincible when he's drunk. It's pretty funny. I don't think he drinks anymore. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess – oh, you know what I did once in a bar? This is my fault, though. I was – this is a while back, but I was playing beer pong against a guy, and I was hammered. And uh, it's completely – I'm completely in the wrong here. I should preface this by saying. But – we were all bombed, and the guy was talking a lot of trash, and he won the game. We were, me and my friend were wasted. And I started throwing empty cups at him, and then I accidentally threw a water cup at him and drenched him, and uh, not thinking. And I remember my friend went out for a cigarette, and all he saw was a guy have me pressed against the window in a chokehold.
1: It sounds like some that, that definitely does sound like you, Tone. I'm sorry. Yeah, you go to
2: enough bars. You got you're running enough liabilities, right? I mean, at some point something's gonna happen. Sparks are gonna yeah. fly. Hey, when during COVID, y- you did the rooftop special, right? Like you just said, I'm just I'm not gonna wait for the networks, I'm not gonna wait for, you know, everybody to come forward with money. I'm just gonna produce my own special and just see if fans like it, right? Um Yeah. You have to be pretty impressed that not only did it catch on, like it took you to another level. Like that that kind of resourcefulness was appreciated by people in the community. I mean, you got guys like Bo Burnham, you know, putting together their own stuff in, in their creative ways. And everybody said, Oh God, this could be the death of comedy. Coven's going to be the end of comedy. But what it did was it launched guys further like you because Mm -hmm. you were creative and you went out and did it yourself.
4: Yeah. Uh, I think, I don't think anything can really kill live entertainment. I mean, you think about what, live entertainment has been through just throughout history. I think people have a need for a connection and you can't really get that connection through a screen. I mean, look, it's all great. I love watching movies and stuff, but there is something about a live show. People want a thing to do. I mean, it's a date. It's a thing. We'll go out with your friends. we will have drinks. It's a social thing too. So uh, the roof for me, it was was, was a necessity. It was, it, it was something that wasn't, like people are like, man, you had to entertain. We're like, no, no, it's for me too. I needed a thing to do. It's part of my routine for, you know, close to twenty years to go out, and, and tell jokes and work on jokes and uh, it was a huge part of my life missing during COVID. So, the roofs were a way to to just feel some sense of normalcy, I guess.
1: Sam Morrill joining us on the show. Um, you, you have the Class Act Tour. What is your, you, by the way, you're coming on October 26th to the Ohio Theater here in Playhouse Square because we're in Playhouse Square, by the way. Um, What's your day of show routine?
4: You know, pretty pretty boring. You know, I, I'm on the road so much that I don't want to uh, mix up the routine. So, you know, I usually wake up with a crack pipe and a prostitute mm-hmm. and I just, uh you know get a get a big breakfast and uh do a drug deal hopefully it goes well and and you know that's pretty much it
1: uh, do you notice that certain parts certain jokes will hit in certain cities and in not in others not like you know regional jokes or anything like that but do you notice that in certain places something will do well and something won't do well in another part of the country
4: uh Yes and no. I mean, it's it's really like it's really there's like a couple cities that don't listen. You know, like Miami crowds just don't listen. Really, Vegas. If you get the locals, they'll listen. But if it's a transplant, it could be rough. Uh, Most, yeah. Miami crowds are because here's the thing: you want like a blue collar audience. You don't. You want Tampa. You want Orlando. You want you know Jacksonville. Even you want you don't. Miami, you're, these aren't people with real jobs. These are people who are like, they make their living, you know, posting pictures of their fake butt. They're not, <laughs> you know, they're not connected to what you're talking about. They're not connected to reality.
1: So let me ask you, do they got to pay you more in those cities to do those shows?
4: No, cause because the prize of Miami is that you're in Miami. Oh, okay. Well, that's
1: a good point. Tone, uh, go Samorelli's
2: got to go. We got a hard out. We really appreciate you doing this. And when you come into town, uh, I know how to get you things, so uh, we'll, we'll be in contact. Don't worry. Sam Morrell. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you got to stop by, man. You're awesome. We love you. Our fans love you. Our fans are really excited about you coming on, so appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll get that info on how people can uh, make sure to come to your show.
1: Awesome. There we go. It's Class Act Tour, uh, the Ohio Theater, October 26th. You can go to Sam Morrell, M-O-R-R-I-L dot com to get ticket info as well. He's also got the new Netflix special
2: I mean I can get him, like, you know, if he wants to go to the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, he wants to go to the zoo, I can get him tickets. It's almost skiing season. Any any of the supplies for shows, for anything he needs, I can help him out, Sam Murrell. You can do that. He was great. Nice Did guy. You think he take me up on it?
1: I, Limey, you know a lot of different... You know, it's weird. You know doctors, and you also know a lot of comics as well. It's an interesting life you lead, buddy. Do you need his number? I can give you his number.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 216... <laughs> <2-1-6. laughs>